0: Through the town, the joyous news was spread. Ding dong, the Bruce is sacked. <laughs> which old Bruce? The wicked Bruce. Ding dong, the wicked Bruce is sacked. Welcome to episode 9 of season 2 of the Peaked 2 Early Podcast. I am Blake Mansell. I am joined by my lovely co-host, who I saw this past week, yeah. which was lovely. Oscar, mm-hmm. how are you?
1: Hello. Um... I've had a tough week. I've been sick quite a lot. Um, but I'm really glad I got to make it to Maddie's birthday party. Happy birthday again, Maddie. And it was great to see you. And I can't believe that Bruce was sacked and we haven't done a pod yet about it because of course we're coming to you on Thursday and that is entirely my fault. It has been one of those weeks, very busy, but better late than never. And yeah. I'm very excited to hear you talk about Steve Bruce being fired. Um, yeah. Wonderful news all around.
0: The only question left is, will I subtweet you when I tweet about mm. this episode going live?
1: Uh, you, I deserve it, so yes, probably.
0: Um, well, uh, let's kick some stuff off with um, yeah. um, news. Uh, although, for some reason, I closed it. Um I had dug into your prediction lead, mm. however. Yes. With your perfect prediction yes. of Brentford 2. Or sorry, Leicester 2, Brentford 1. Like to hear? Uh you have regained your three point lead that atop what the top the peak like two to early hear. table. Yes. Yes.
1: I just um I wanna keep going. I wanna keep widening this rift. I wanna make you I wanna make you hurt. I wanna make you do Extensive research into, I don't know, stats to just to try and make up the ground. This is my goal now. By Christmas, I want it to be a, a seven point gap.
0: Who are Sorry. you, City? Was running away with the league? Mm, yeah, not this season.
1: But... Not this season, that's for sure. No, okay, Blake. I'm literally I. We haven't. I need you to talk about supers. Like I, I want it to happen. We have obviously because we hold off talking about football to each other for the pod, and then when I go ahead and do stuff like. Force us to do it on a thursday. i'm I'm like, I need it. So fill my ears with wonderful cathartic. bye bye Bruce,
0: yes, after uh ninety eight matches in charge of Newcastle United, um, he has finally been sacked. Um, I will not go too much into my elation um upon hearing. The noise. Uh, we don't have a permanent manager yet. Whatever, don't care. I'm fine with even like keeping Graham Jones through December first, and then uh, you know I think it's better to have a manager come in sooner rather than later. But as long as Bruce is gone, I'll be happy. Um, he, I don't want to talk about Newcastle on the field uh, this week. Um, I just want to take a trip down memory lane of the Steve Bruce era at Newcastle United. Uh, He was appointed at the very end of the summer transfer window in 2019. He was reportedly the ninth manager approached to uh, take control of Newcastle after Rafa left after a contentious summer uh, event... Entirely over uh, the lack of backing. Uh, In those, uh, I think it was, 16 days um, of the transfer window, Mike Ashley gave Steve Bruce 100 million pounds, of which they spent most of it. Um, 40 million on uh, Joe Linton, who I like as a person. um, As a footballer, there's some stuff to be desired. uh, But famously... Rafa Benitez said he was offered the $40 million if he would sign Joe Linton. And he said, no, Joe Linton's not ready for the Premier League. I will not spend $40 millions on a player that's not ready. Rafa leaves, Bruce comes in, they give the $40 million, bring Joe Linton in, and most fans would say it's been a waste of money. Um, so, uh, yeah, that sucks. The $100 million spent uh, by Bruce in the first two transfer windows was more than the spend for Rafa Benitez in his four years uh, managing Newcastle. Um, and right from the off, Steve Bruce publicly attacked Rafa Benitez over his approach to the Cups. Uh, Rafa Benitez famously, famously stated that unless Mike Ashley backed him in the transfer window, He would play reserve teams in the Cups and focus on the Premier League. Bruce comes in, says that, you know, the Cups mean a lot to Newcastle supporters. He's going to focus on the Cups. This is what happened. First season, FA Cup. uh, Takes a replay to League 2 Rochdale to advance. Then a replay uh, to advance past League 1 Oxford United. Uh, Eek passed championship side West Brom 3-2 before losing to Manchester City in a match that Bruce said, in a way, Newcastle actually won because it was only 2-0. First year in the Carabao Cup. First round smashed by Leicester. Year two FA Cup. uh, Get smashed by Arsenal's rotation side. Uh, Year two in the Carabao Cup. Uh, Eek passed Blackburn uh, smash Morcom 7-0 in one of the only highlights of that year beat Newport County on pens uh, and then lose to Brentford's C team uh, he then attacked Newcastle supporters after the Brentford loss uh, other highlights of his reign at Newcastle are uh, the Carl Darlow incident uh, where After Martin Dubrovka was injured, Carl Darlow came in, had a really good run of form. Uh, But then the second Dubrovka was uh, fully fit, he dropped Carl Darlow. Carl Darlow did not know he was dropped until a media uh, person asked him about it. Uh, And that caused a giant rift in the team, uh, culminating in the Matt Ritchie versus Steve Bruce. Uh, Coward Incident, where Steve Bruce physically assaulted Matt Ritchie. Uh, Steve Bruce, in his 2.2 seasons, was uh, an awful manager. uh, Outside of football, he's a land leech. Uh, He's probably a Tory. Uh, He never accepted any criticism from fans or media, and he banned media members who would criticize him, uh, including the best Newcastle media personality Craig Hope, Um, and then this does not even include the the on-the-pitch performances, which include uh, inheriting the 7th best defense under Rafa Benitez and finishing 20th in every defensive category over the last two seasons. Good riddance, Steve Bruce. Uh, Absolute fucking wanker.
1: and breathe that was wonderful I felt I felt good after hearing that um yeah I mean I don't have a ton to add to that I I do have a couple questions for you um that was that was a great trip down memory lane actually um and obviously I mean after his sacking there were lots of pieces on I guess his like managerial career obviously he got to a thousand against Spurs I think Spurs and He's been just like all over the block and people were talking about um, all these clubs that I'd forgotten he'd been at in the early 2000s. He came out, I think, and said, oh, look, this could be like my last club. I could be retiring. The abuse is too much. Like I'm tired of it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, do you think he's done or is he sort of manipulating and then like the next, next job that comes up, he'll spring into action and take it?
0: He might be... Well okay, so here's the two things. One, if he doesn't take a job in the next two seasons, so this season and next season, he gets his full eight million oh. departing gift. So I think yeah, he but, might go on a little vacation. Uh yeah,
1: but then but then if he doesn't have anything for two years, he's done, right? I mean I guess that's why he's saying it. Because if if he's is, out if he's out of work for two years he, no. The surely not.
0: These, we know that English managers get a pass like nobody else, uh, you know, so I think someone will be desperate enough. We, you know, we see awful, awful managers get chances all the time, um, including Steve Bruce for a thousand managerial appearances. Um, yeah. I think he could do it just because he's a little parasite.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. A couple of other questions for you then. Um, what, Here's a do- sort of double, like why do people like him so much and why do people keep defending him? We saw Alan Sam Maximum tweet a very serious and, you know, passionate thing on his, you know, well-followed Instagram, well-followed Twitter account that was saying, you're one of the most gentle people that I've ever met. You've been a man of your word, a caring man, a fair man. I will never forget it. It's been an honor and a privilege to have you as coach. I mean, these are like... And we know that Alan saint Maximan either has an incredible PR team or he tweets himself or probably a bit of both. So what's going on there? Like, why, why do people love him so much?
0: I think... Uh... From the media side, outside the fact that uh, Steve Bruce's agent and the agents of many uh, you know, prolific media members, like Simon Jordan and that sort, uh, have the same agent. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, I think it comes from uh, just sort of the older mentality of what Manchester United were. A lot of me when they were growing up uh, Manchester United were the most dominant team in England uh, for 25, 35 years. So, uh, and he was the generation prior to that. So he was the generation that those Manchester United players were being told, "This is the standard you have to stand up to." So, players like uh, Rio Ferdinand, who have made the switch over into punditry, um, you know, I'm sure in his time at Manchester United, Steve Bruce was. You know, this Manchester United icon, because he is a Manchester United icon, Uh, strange that he's not being considered for uh, Ole's hot spot or hot seat right now. Mm -hmm. But uh, he also, uh, you know, I guess generally he's a nice guy. Um, He's quite hot headed, I think. Um, But it seems that people who know him one on one personally think he's like a really great guy. Yeah, Um, so I guess it's a a perfect combination of like blend plus uh, his reputation, Uh, because certainly his managerial record—he is the worst Premier League manager of all time, Uh, the most losses and the worst win percentage ever. Uh, So I'm not sure how he's quite so respected managerially, but I think. A lot of things outside of his record make him a very popular figure. As for Alan St. Maximin, I think it's uh, you know, one when Alan came to the US, or sorry, to the UK, he had had at his previous clubs a lot of troubles, um, a lot of fights with managers. um, The basis on which, you know, who knows how true they are. But uh, Steve Bruce, if a as a one-on-one relationship person, is this nice guy. I could see how being a 22-year-old moving to a new country where you don't speak the language, taking him under your wing and, you know, supporting him, and playing a style of football that basically is hoof it up to Alan, let him do whatever he wants. Um, That I think that sort of thing would endear Steve Bruce to Alan, St. Maximin um but yeah uh interestingly not a lot of similar posts coming out of newcastles no yeah uh, I mean, I think
1: that's that that's pertinent too i think one one thing about steve bruce i would want to in there if we if we just want to find something about his like managerial you know talent or whatever he is or was excellent at getting um uh, teams out of the championship I, you can't argue with that um and so I think that was always like a, a question of him in the Premier League. Like, why are you in the Premier League when you're a wonderful championship manager? Um, so maybe maybe there's teams to hoover up for him down there eventually. And then, okay, really quickly, one last thing. And I, I'm really curious about this. And I think if you can try, like, I don't, if it was for me, if it was my club, I think it'd be really hard to put the emotion aside. But do do you think that the abuse went too far? personal abuse like i understand i agree with you i don't think you know all this stuff. you know the stuff about the landlord stuff is disgusting so but like do you what what do you think about that did it go
2: too far
0: you know some of the abuse which i don't know if this is the abuse he's talking about or not but things like death threats Mm. happen to every manager in the league and they're Mm. all awful but yeah. death threats to managers is is not like Steve Bruce is being singled out and the only manager who's receiving death right. threats. Right. Right. Um, the fact that the his first interview on I think it was Sky Sports he said like oh it's hard to be called an inept inept cabbage head every week, uh, which mm. that's not abuse. Um, no. Yeah, you know, that's like seriously degrading the heft of the word abuse.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, I would say 99% of val- of criticism against Steve Bruce was valid. Um uh, he was way over his head. Uh he never should have taken the job. That so the some people call it the poisoned chalice managing Newcastle. Um but uh
1: that's Arsenal. and man you. Y-
0: sure. Yeah, you know what? Shocker when every club is the poisoned chalice yeah. to manage. You know, no club is. Yeah. It's just being a manager is hard. Um but also, he spit a lot of vitriol at Newcastle supporters. Um, inclu- like, he would go into his press conferences and call them hysterical, you know, sure. or call them mad or call them over demanding. Which, like, what is that going to do other than cause supporters to become even more irate with you? Um, so, does he deserve death threats? No. no. But, you know, it does calling him a cabbage head no do anything if it hurts his feelings really who cares um you know he got his eight million pound severance plus he was already a millionaire i don't have a lot of sympathy for him at all yeah so
1: all right well goodbye bruce and um happily we won't be talking about you for a long time i'm sure okay let's get into some football there were some huge scorelines this weekend. Um, I think we have three or four picked out that we'll go into a little bit more detail into. Um, or okay, I think we're going to profile Liverpool Man U and Watford Everton as games closely, and then we're going to talk about West Ham's great run of form. Um, and Norwich, we want to talk about Norwich too because I think that's interesting. Um, so should we take it away? Which one do you want to go with first, Blake?
0: Yeah, I going chronologically as i like Mm. to do yes um first arsenal beating aston villa 3-1 in sort of a statement victory for arsenal
1: Yeah, they played well Um, they played well yeah
0: uh and the uh the first match of the next day the i believe it was 7 a.m for us um yeah it was uh, chelsea 7 norwich zero crazy uh But are we talking about the match? Are we talking about the goals? No, we don't have an hour.
1: No, Uh, no, no. Chelsea continue to have a bunch of different goal scorers um, score instead of like you know the main ones. But yeah, and we should mention that um, Norwich got a red card, but I think Chelsea only scored twice after it, so it was a real drubbing.
0: Yeah, Um, Mm -hmm. I don't even know who got the red card. Before will, I look, I'm ben guessing... Gibson. Oh, sorry. Uh, there yeah, you go. Ben Gibson. ben Gibson, who I quite like. Um, yeah, he's so good. that's sad. But, uh, yeah, 7-0 drubbing. Uh, yep. Not the first time this season they've been thoroughly overturned. Uh, not many matches where they haven't been overturned. Yeah. So far, I'm sure when they play Newcastle at the end of November they might get their first victory but, but yeah we are here to talk about the zero wins two points yeah negative 21 goal differential narch city
1: yeah so it's like i so daniel fark has been such a cool calm collected character over the what the i guess the three the three years that he's been in the radar of like Premier League fans or whatever. And I mean I like to I like the Championship too, so I sort of kept up with Norwich's promotion campaign last season as well. Um but he is a is not a manager. He's not a very reactive manager or or even an emotional manager. He is very calm, you know, when they were in the Premier League last time, they were dreadful and every single week he was like, you know, it's fine. It's part of the process. It's part of the process. And then last season when they're in the championship and they destroyed everyone, he was like, yeah, it's like part of the process. It's all good. This season, he's done the same thing. This season, they arguably him. Yeah, they've been worse than they were the last time in the Premier League. Now, his comments after this match was the first time I think I can remember Daniel Fark basically going off where he was like, this was disgraceful. This was like terrible and and it's not good enough. And I think that I, I'm so curious about Norwich because it's like they, when they go down, they'll probably smash the championship again because of the way that the club is run, the players that they recruit and the style of play that they implement. So I don't understand why they can't even scratch the surface in the Premier League. Losing 7-0 to Chelsea, okay. It's a, 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 any, any 7 0 scoreline is a bit of an outlier, but it's just the manner of the defeats and the manner of like the way that they, they, they can't pick up any points that is so demoralizing. And, and this time they've invested heavily, they, they brought in like eight or nine first team players to bolster the squad. And so I think you, what, what are they doing? Like, why, what do they hold strong? And is it like, okay, eventually this will work. I mean, I guess going down and coming right back up again is fine because it makes them cash rich because the parachute payments are so big. But I mean, what do you do? Do you, if, if they lose 10 straight matches from, from, from this week and onwards, do you, you have to sack your manager, right? No. I mean, what, what do you do? Like, you you can't just write off a Premier League campaign every single year. So, yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts? I'm, I'm curious. I, I, I think my opinion on Norwich City is turning. I, I'm, I'm starting to not really see what the end goal is here or, or, or not really see how they're going to achieve their end goal, which is to be a sustainable club in the Premier League.
0: Well, so at the beginning of the season, they said, well, you know, this time we come up, we're you know, so much better prepared, yada, yada, yada. The start to the season has shown that that is categorically not true. Um, They're not any better prepared for the Premier League than they were last time, which is very strange considering their spend, uh, you know, in the transfer window. But uh, one of the stranger things to me is the... uh, Split in the supporters' opinion on sacking Daniel Farka because he signed a large extension this summer, I believe, uh, keeping him on for a few more years. He is well-supported and well-backed by the board. Um, And it seems like the opinion on him by Canaries fans are either... We need to back him. He'll be our best shot at any long-term success, like past this season. You know, we know he can do it in the championship again um, and will be our best chance at getting another shot at the Premier League because we know this season we will probably get relegated. After this season, our best chance of making it back to the Premier League will be Daniel Farka and the other half of the uh, supporters for Norwich City. Uh, Saying no, we should sack him. It's, you know, our the plan should be to stay in the Premier League rather than, uh, you know, plan for a relegation. Um, But I just genuinely don't understand how Norwich can be this bad. I part of me does get it because if you look at who they bought, you know, not a lot of Premier League quality. Uh, Josh Sargent never played in the Premier League. pierre Lee Malou never played in the Premier League. Uh, Michael Norman never played in the Premier League. Uh, that Greek guy didn't play in the Premier League. The this, Albanian yeah. winger? Yeah. Uh, he never played in the Premier League. Uh, Ozan Kabak had the, a horrible yeah. time yeah. in the Premier League. So... The, the players they bought were not Premier League standard, but it's not very often that you see a club spend a hundred million on signings. I uh, don't really care what net spending was. I'm sure they were net negative or something, but um you don't really see a a club spend a hundred million in signings, and be yeah, by far the worst team in the premier yeah, League yeah,
1: like not even not even close like the worst team, and I think that's the thing where it's like Brentford have come up and they signed players and none of them had Premier League experience pretty much. And so then where do you start pointing the finger of blame? Is it at recruitment or is it at the management? Like how, you know, it, the 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 gap in in yeah the the, the gap is it, the the rift is so wide it's like it's a yawning chasm right now uh, at this rate they could you know set the the worst record for for you know for 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 a Premier League club ever which is I think you know something that at one point the last time they were in the Premier League people were talking about as well so yeah I don't know I I, I guess we'll see how it unfolds but I would be panicking if I was a Norwich player, especially one that was just bought by Norwich. Because I'm like, I don't know, maybe not. Because, because I mean, it, the thing is you look at that team and you're like, they would destroy the championship for sure. So it's like, what, what's going on? Like what, how, yeah, I don't know. I'm just rambling, but.
0: Yeah, um, just looking at what the odds say, um, they're projected to finish on 27 points. Which is mind-boggling. How on earth they're going to make up twenty-seven points from thirty-one remaining? So what's thirty-one times three? Uh, that's ninety-two divided by twenty-seven is. So they're expected uh, to do very well from themselves from an odds perspective in order to not finish in the top five worst Premier League teams of all side, all time. Um, but this is what I have seen from a Norse city supporter. They say we have the recruitment to get players of championship top championship quality. Which is a precarious position. Yeah. Because if you can consistently attract uh talent that is the best of the second division that doesn't translate to the first division at all. So why can't Norwich city attract Newcastle or sorry, premier league quality, or you know what? Newcastle (laughs) quality. Um, I'm mixing my words today. I've been staring at a computer all day. Um, Why can't they attract proven premier league quality? Maybe it's because for the last 10 years they've been a yo-yo club. And so, you know, it's the poison chalice of (laughs) players' careers. I don't know. It's a weird club. It seems so easy for them. Like, theoretically, outside of reality, they're perfectly set up. Right. But... When you put everything together, it's hands down the worst team in the Premier League this year. Hands down the worst Premier League team in 2018. I think they were in the Premier League in 2015. Went down at 19th. Yeah. You know, not quite the worst, but were horrendous. So, I just don't get Norwich City. I-
1: no, me neither. And I'm disappointed too, because I thought there would be a fun side this season, but it's not.
0: Yeah. Like that. What what more can they do? Uh,
1: I Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. And so where does the change come from? And and why isn't it working? I mean, think that, that must be the inquest. And I think, I don't know, like either you turn your attention or blame to the players or the manager or both. or I don't know. But anyway, we have spent plenty of time um. on that. So let's keep moving because we yeah let's 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 move into the matches we have two exciting matches to talk about i don't know if you want to recap just the scores in chronological order i keep forgetting about that um, yep uh yep.
0: palace won newcastle won awful match uh leeds won wolves won don't know how this match was did not pay attention um, yeah. Leeds. i think it started out badly. started yeah. out well ended poorly mm-hmm. ended with a 94th minute penalty Yeah. Um, Rodrigo Marino. And then one of the strangest outcomes uh, of the weekend Uh, Everton 2, Watford 5, a scoreline everybody predicted.
1: Crazy. Um, It was the return of former Everton player, however, briefly, Josh King, who scored a pretty sensational hat trick, I guess, in this match. Um as Watford beat Everton five two at uh, Goodison Park. Um it all started swimming me for Everton because uh Tom Davis, who I really like as a player actually, um scored in what the third minute. Um it was I think Damari Gray again showing yep. the drive, the sort of old school classy winger stuff, um dribbling it dribbling it down the left flank. Um and I think he was up against Truusta Kong, who by the way has been so bad this season, which is sad because I really like Truusta Kong. Um, but he uh cuts the ball back to um Davis, who who puts it in. Um and then okay, I've written down in my notes, I think I've basically done this as so many goals that I've done it in sort of the order of goals. But then the next thing that happened was Uh, Sorry, the game started at frenetic pace because Josh King, obviously the score of the hat trick, equalized, but it was ruled out for offside. Um, And then we had this little strange little waiting period uh, where Josh King had kind of celebrated and weirdly enough did that kind of, oh, I used to play for this club kind of thing, which is strange to me because he was kind of neglected when he went there um, in January. But then uh, uh, VAR overturned it It was so marginal um but i think it was gray again who kept um kept it kept it on side um and then um i mean yeah it was it was kind of all josh king spearheading this this attack um because he he had another chance that um pickford saved um and then we get to the end of the half and it's 1-1 only. So, you know, it was a a good first half, but you're not thinking that it's going to end up a 5-2 scoreline. But um, Richarlison, I think, who came on as a sub, if I'm not wrong, um, gets the first goal of the second half um, in about the 63rd minute. Um, He's been in good goal-scoring form for club and country this season. Um, Scored quite a a very Everton-esque goal, I guess, slossing somewhat into that uh big big hole that's. um oh my god his name is escaping me the striker whose name is ah
0: uh, on or calvert lewin
1: calvert lewin thank you uh the big big hole that calvert lewin has, has has left in this side um he he came on and scored a, a good diving header um and then uh i guess you can call it capitulation because and i think you texted me about this um some some of these like Everton players like Coleman are starting to show their age. Coleman has been a fantastic servant for Everton over the years and a great Premier League player. But he's losing his legs now because um, Kuka, who himself is like 35, by the way, um, scored um, to, to, to equalize with uh, a good header. But it was like a free header because Coleman basically just lost his man and then didn't bother to try and defend the the in-swinging cross. Um, And then it gets from bad for worse for Rafa Benitez's side because um, I guess Josh King and uh, Emmanuel Dennis are really exploiting this somewhat shaky Everton defence. I think Michael Keane definitely is pushed way too far up the field. Josh King is just essentially playing on the shoulder and he gets a, a, a like a ball pushing him at pace, goes in from the inside, um, takes it really nicely out the air, um, under his control, and slots it past Pickford. And then Everton just get sloppy, basically. Um, King gets his hat trick, um, and he gets a lot of booze. I think, from the Everton supporters, which is strange, because, I mean, he he was barely an Everton player. Um, But yeah, he, he was quite emotional. I thought with, with his, uh, hat trick, um, celebration, he's had a tough couple of years, obviously he got relegated with Bournemouth prior to that. He was really close to this, like 40 plus million pound move to Man United. Um, a few years ago, he was, you know, kind of tearing it up and now he's kind of past his prime. He's like, what, 30 uh, or so. So, I think maybe it feels like he's making up for lost time. Um, And then deep into stoppage stoppage time, we get Emmanuel Dennis coming in for the fifth. Very uh, calm finish. I guess you can be when you're 4-2 up um, and frankly destroying the home team. And um, much like how we'll talk about the Man United United, uh, fans filing out, the stadium was like super quiet. Uh, people had left um, in in like by the eighty fourth, eighty fifth minute, um, and Everton absolutely destroyed on their home turf. And I think I said this last week, but about the honeymoon period being over for Rafa, but um, not good, not good.
0: Yeah, really not good for Rafa. Um, this is. Sort of the last thing you want as a new manager uh, in a very contentious appointment. Um, I can't think of a worse scenario for a new manager um, getting smashed mm-hmm. by relegation favorites um, when you were, you know, 2 1 up an hour in. Um, yeah. I only have a few notes uh, to add on. I'd like to, I feel like so frequently uh, referees rightfully get slagged off for awful performances, but I thought uh, whoever was refing this match did quite a good job. Uh, There were like four times when players went down in the box searching for penalties, and the ref correctly diagnosed all four of them. Uh, Pickford had a okay match up until his defense giving up on him. I don't know how many of them you could even remotely blame Jordan Pickford for. I don't believe any of them. Uh maybe the one king where he got the ball at the 6-yard box, maybe Pickford should have closed that down a little faster. But other than that, you know, Pickford had a fine as good of a match as you can have conceding five goals. Um Seamus Coleman, one of the worst matches I've seen from a defender. Um, Mm -hmm. Three or four goals, largely down to him. Uh, It was great to see Josh King break down into tears after his hat trick. That was sweet to see. I love to see it. Um, And uh, Ben Godfrey, super promising defender. I think he's going to come good eventually. I texted you. Physically, he's monstrous. You know, he has the pace of a wing back and the strength of a center back, but mentally he can just switch off and get in these really weird positions. Uh, But it doesn't help when, you know, Michael Keane is pushed up 15 yards. Um, I feel like this match was full of one member of the defensive back line for Everton being way out of position. Um, You know, either Seamus Coleman being way up the field, leaving Michael Keane to deal with a pacey winger. Um, which obviously doesn't go well. Or Michael Keane pushed up, forcing Ben Godfrey to cover two players in the middle. Um, it just uh, it's such a yikes back line of Seamus Coleman, Michael Keane, and Ben Godfrey. Um, you know, that's not uh, inspiring yeah. confidence in anyone. Um, and uh, the Premier League put out a tweet today saying, who's the most underrated player in the Premier League and one of their four options was Alan um, hmm. who I just don't quite get it from I think he's okay. a very rated player I don't think he's overrated and I don't think he's underrated I think he's just very meh sure um, very mid-table player um, Interesting. but yeah
1: I like Alan I, think he does a job. I like but, him. Yeah. I, I
0: just don't think you could pick out four players and say Allen is one of the. Yeah,
1: that's that's a four that's strange. most yeah, underrated that's
0: strange. players. Another that's one strange. of them was Jordan Henderson. Um, what? Which no, he, gets paid. You know, he gets he's one of the most overrated players in the Premier League. Just an absolute tosser. Um,
1: <laughs> I no, I disagree. I think he's wonderful. But um, wonderful player. So, did you see that pass this weekend, by the way? Jesus Christ. I mean, that's like one of the best passes I've ever seen. Um, Okay, good. Everton. So, yeah, uh, we got Watford being destroyed by Liverpool last weekend and then destroying Everton this weekend. So, Merseyside, strange. Um, Let's do Liverpool Man U. And, oh, yes. Let's do that, please. Let me hang on. I keep. Why do I keep forgetting about the chronological order, Blake? What's wrong with me? Okay. Don't worry. So I got it. after Everton Watford, we got Southampton Burnley, which was a two-two draw. Um, Livermento continuing to impress, former Chelsea boy, um, and also Armando Broja, who uh, Southampton, who is a striker on loan from Chelsea. Maxwell Corne getting two goals um, to salvage a point for Burnley I I think this was a decent match I, I didn't watch it it wasn't on anywhere I could watch um Southampton dominated possession at home uh had almost twice the shots that um Burnley did as well Maxwell Corney scored a couple of stunning goals though um and I think that ooh I'm going to say when Burnley go down da 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 um when Burnley go down I think he will be one that someone will take a punt on um After that match, um, Man City dispatched Brighton 4-1. I think that this is actually quite a significant victory because I think Brighton have been so good this season that a 4-1 victory against them is kind of something to write home about. Um, Phil Foden scoring twice. Um, I thought that um, Bernardo Silva played excellently as well. I'm steaming through these, but I think that's fine. Um, I want to talk about my Happy Hammers getting the massive Derby victory win against Tottenham. 1-0, Mikel Antonio, that man scoring in the 72nd minute. Easy tap in from an Aaron Cresswell cross, I believe. Um, Spurs looking very brittle, um, looking very uninspired. West Ham essentially the opposite I think that while this game wasn't a Premier League classic by any means um, it was just indicative of a team in West Ham that are and I've been saying it for a long time now and it still feels a little bit strange to say objectively just a really good side I think that's testament to the growth of the players that we've seen from West Ham, um, uh, over the last few years, Blake has just texted me "massive" in the chat. That's extremely true, Blake. Thank you. Uh, we are massive. Um, so yeah, growth of the players, but also the system. I wanted to shout out the system. Moyes has found an excellent system for us to um, play with. I want to shout out Ben Johnson at right back, who has been filling in for the injured Vladimir Sofal, who I believe still has not conceded a goal when he has played for West Ham this season. As a player that, he's still only 21. As a player that has burst onto burst the scene a little harsh, who came onto the scene a couple of years ago, extremely, extremely young, and was kind of with um, rivaling Jeremy Ngakia, uh, who now plays for Watford at right back. Um, it is astonishing to see his growth in the season. His positioning now is frankly amazing. Like I, And that was one of his worst attributes. So I don't know what's happened. I guess it's just clicked for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's West Ham through and through. It's, it's, it's amazing to see uh, a player come through from our academy again um, that's looking really good, and I'm really pleased for him. Um, he's stuck around, refused to go on out on loan. And I guess we've had faith in him, um, even when most of our supporters, even, even five months ago at the end of last season would be saying like, Ben Johnson is not Premier League quality. Um, even people saying that he, that Vladimir Sofa will have a hard time getting back in the school, in the team. That's how good he's been. I think maybe not. I think Moyes will, will be smart with him. Um, but yeah, shout out Ben Johnson. Um. Yeah, you know, uh, I don't even care about Tottenham. Tottenham, yeah, brittle. Like I said, um, just broader. And I will, I'll make this brief about West Ham. We, we're just in an excellent run of form. I, I, I think you know, we came off. We're still killing it in the Europa League. Uh, we have, we've won every match in the Europa League. We beat Club Brugge three 0 Um, uh, well, what, what was that? Two, you know, like on the twenty first or something. Um, and then obviously we just, and this is huge, frankly, uh, beat Manchester City in the league cup, in the Carabao cup, they have not, they've won the cup five times, that cup five times in a row. They've literally won it for five years. They haven't been knocked out in five years and we beat them on penalties. Um, We really went for it and we we were excellent. Okay. um, I'm sure my voice is now a a, a very different tone because Craig, he got a little bit annoyed. I think he's a Millwall fan. He got a little bit annoyed at me getting passionate about West Ham. Uh, dropped off so I will wrap this little thing up by just saying once again and I pinch myself saying it West Ham absolutely nobody in the world can argue that we are currently a fantastic team with fantastic football players a great manager and a bright future boom it's me done thank you
0: yeah I saw um, someone just you know posted it on twitter that uh statistically west ham are like a top five europa league performance ever
1: oh um, yeah we've been insane we could oh, oh my god i'm crazy but listen like we why can't we go really far we could like we we've been the best team in the europa league so far we don't care about any team we come up against. we 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 we're not faced by them. Our confidence is so high. I I think that we can go deep in this competition. I, I was so worried about and okay, knock on wood just so much right now. But I was so worried about burnout and the way that Moyes handles this team and etc etc but and yes we haven't we've faced Rapid VN and we've faced Clubbrugger and uh oh sorry like yeah, not Brugge, I don't think. Uh, D- Genk, sorry, I said Brugge before. I th- we played Genk, but um, we haven't faced like a real saucier that, sure. But um, oh my god, there's just Declan Rice. Like he is ridiculous. Like I, there's just we we're just fantastic, and so I think we really can go deep, and we're in the quarters of the league cup now, and our confidence can can really only keep going. And then it's slash when we get knocked out of the cup or something that will just I think, piss off the players in a good way. And so they'll, they'll bring their all in, in whichever competition it is.
0: Yeah, I think we can only go so much longer talking about West Ham yeah, before done. we have Sorry. to mark this podcast as not safe for work for your okay. orgasmic review yes, of West Ham's season. <laughs> I will say, regarding West Ham-Tottenham, uh, or I guess a question, more so, yeah. Um, so the goal by Mikel Antonio was—I don't care who crossed it in, but uh, it was Mikel Antonio getting an easy flick on. Yes, very. Um, nice. From a set piece slash corner, uh, marked by Harry Kane. A lot has been said about Harry Kane's effort on this play. Uh, do you yeah. read into the whole, you know, not putting effort into this play compared to? you know, his head turned from his uh, post-Spurs career?
2: Um, I'm
1: sorry, you cut out. Can you say that again?
0: Do you read into the lack of efforts on defending oh. Michael Antonio here as um, indicative of something more in terms of turning his head post-Spurs career?
1: So I'm not one to take like micro moments and sort of like declare that this is like a uh, indicative of like a, a broader thing. But I think, I think it is just one observation we can make in a series of, in a series of observations about Harry Kane. Um, I think that whether consciously or unconsciously he's done with Spurs, consciously or unconsciously he's throwing in the towel. Do I think that this defending for Michel Antonio, No, I don't think that that particular moment was him thinking, I don't want to play for Spurs anymore, so I'm not going to try here. Um, I think, you know, weird stuff like that happens all the time. You could even point to Nuno Espirito Santo and say that no one knows what they're doing on set pieces or something. Um, But Harry Kane, I think cynics would say that he's intentionally doing this because Spurs will be more likely to sell him. And, you know, they might not be wrong at this point.
0: Fair enough. I just want to know your opinion. Yeah. Uh, Leicester City would go on to beat Brentford 2-1. Uh, and then, uh, kind of, the, the it wasn't the best match, but it was certainly the one with the most talking points. It is, of course, Liverpool 5, Manchester United 0 Oh my goodness! Like what a match!
1: Crazy, absolutely crazy. And I, I've just glanced the clock, so um, we're go- we are running over time. Um, but Don't worry. we have to talk about this because yeah. Oh my god! I mean, and we at this point could do a special pod on Man United itself and just Ole Gunnar Solskjaer because the the fallout after this has been ridiculous. It it seems as if Man United fans the world over have pretty much given up on ollie and his pundit friends are still <laughs> still backing him which is kind of crazy yeah. apart from Paul calls who actually said after the uh 3-2 win against atalanta in the champions league that he was like oh my god this is like red flags red flags red flags um so people have been picking up on that do you want to run through the goals real quick
0: um i won't run through the goals just kind okay. of general things sure. um First goal, uh, the, it was three-on-one, uh, Keita, Sala, and Jota running against Luke Shaw, Luke Shaw being a recurring theme in this match. Uh, second goal, Keita's goal, uh, it, or sorry, second goal, Sa or Jota's goal, um, really poor communication between Shaw and Maguire. Uh, Sala's goal, uh, deflection, unlucky yada 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 um there was a really shitty situation in this match where curtis jones does one of those winning a defensive free kick um and cristiano ronaldo kicks curtis jones uh, in the chest uh which i thought watching it live that it would be reviewed and go under violent conduct but you know it's just the red vr didn't look at it um and then, uh, Luke Shaw's fault again, Mo Salah would sneak one in, in the 45th plus fifth minute, um, uh, shooting daggers at his team, just yep. silent and furious, yep, yep, yep. um, post halftime, 50th minute, Salah gets his hat trick, Luke Shaw's fault again, um, Pogba would come on within 15 minutes, be sent off, uh, duly, you know, absolutely deserved. Um, and then to encapsulate this match, uh, in, at the very end of the match, Cavani hits the post from two yards out, uh, which, you know, cherry on the icing on the cake of an awful day. Cherry on the icing of a cake that the inside was full of shit for Manchester United. Um, the fallout much more interesting than the match itself, Oscar
2: um oh,
1: that's my that's my reaction to manchester united on one level, I'm delighted because I hate man United on another level, I'm bored because we've been talking about this circus with Ole Gunnar Solsha for ages, and just today, I think I was just idly thinking about like. I was like, oh, yeah, to myself, I was like, man, gonna Solskjaer, the same reaction happened when they lost humiliatingly to Istanbul, Bashak Shahir in the Champions League, either last season or a couple of seasons ago. I was like, oh, yeah. And then I was like, oh, yeah, but remember when they sensationally beat PSG and that's like kind of what got him the job. And then remember, like, huge victories over Man City and Liverpool and et cetera. And then I was like, OK, this season is different because... I think it's the the concern here is the way that he tactically set up against Liverpool. Klopp, this was just like embarrassingly easy for him, right? It's like, what's worked for Manchester United under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer against these types of teams is being a counter-attacking side. Cristiano Ronaldo literally ruins that. He can't do it. So it's like, I mean, it's hilarious. Cristiano Ronaldo has been in great goal-scoring form for them. He And he's actually won them crucial matches, basically mainly in the Champions League, maybe one in the Premier League. But he is poison to Manchester United, absolute poison. And 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 I think he will be the nail in the coffin for for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I think there has to be something to be said, right, for the, the personnel that they do have. And a, a manager like Antonio Conte is objectively going to get more out of them Incidentally, I think that if Conte comes in, there's going to be a problem because he won't want to have Ronaldo in the team and Ronaldo has to be in the team, blah, blah, blah. blah hence why I say he's poison. Um, uh, uh, the, okay, the, There's so much for me to say and I can't say it all because we're running out of time. I'll leave it off with I think the players are starting to turn against Ole and Solskjaer finally. You can see on Instagram, he hasn't even unliked it. Jesse Lingard liked to post literally calling for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to be sacked. Um, so yeah, the the writing is on the wall. They say that he has three games left to save his job. I reckon if they come into this weekend with a resounding defeat, he'll be out the door. Um, the rumors are that Conte wants the job. So I think it's bye-bye, Oli, to be
2: honest. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and honestly, I hope he gets sacked.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Although, I stoward you know, toward him too. He kind of annoys me now.
0: Yeah, he does annoy me. But um, if it means Manchester United Misery, uh, lifetime appointment, please. Um, that being said, Oscar well, we're on a time crunch, which means we need to get to the predictions. I hope... That forcing you to do a time crunch prediction means you have some this. bad choices. Can I will run through, through my me? three. I'll let you write your predictions down. You. Um, I have Leicester 1, Arsenal 1. My uh, you know, decision-making coming down to I don't pick enough draws. Um, so this one, it's going to be a 1-1 draw. I have Brentford on the road at Burnley, beating them one um, For no reason. Gina, just, you know, flip of the coin. Um, I actually think Burnley are much more likely to win this game, but I need those sweet, sweet points. Um, And my final match, I think this is the first time I've ever made a prediction where West Ham does not win. Uh, I have... Villa 2, West Ham 2 as my third prediction. Oscar Saywell, what are you predicting this week? Um,
1: I'll be honest, I do like all those predictions you've just made. I've done predictions at the speed of light. They are definitely dreadful. Um, Watford 1, Southampton 0. Norwich 2, Leeds 2. Why? Why did I predict that? Wolves 0, Everton 1. There we go.
0: Fair enough. Bold claim with that Norwich team. Terrible claim.
1: Absolutely dreadful. But it's fine.
0: We will see how it goes. Uh, and finally, I do have my five questions for you to finish up the pod. Um, as to start out, as always. Um, actually, time out. Uh, this five questions from Blake does not have a theme i'm breaking it for the first time this season <gasps> um it's okay. no theme yep random questions okay uh my first player uh he is from a small club uh from before you and i were born he started wow. his career at caner de mar uh before moving to espanyol Uh, where he stayed for a long time, 12 years, oh, longer, 15 years at Espanyol. Before making his money move to the Premier League with Swansea City, Uh, he would return to Spain to Rayo Vallecano. uh, Before moving to his current club, can you tell me where one Jordi Amat is?
1: Oh my god he's oh my mic Hello I think I'm here Oh my god yep. he's still playing Um I remember he's this guy He's only
0: 29 He's only 29
1: I remember this guy because I I guess just like FIFA or like I get yeah it's just that Swansea side that was in the prem for a while back then Um literally absolutely no idea So I do know however that I think he's a, like isn't he mixed isn't he yes. like
0: his Filipina father or something? His yeah. father is Spanish and his mother is Indonesian.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, not much like, said, yeah, Southeast Asian representation anywhere in football. So that's cool.
0: Yes, he represented Spain uh, at mm. every youth level. Uh, and since 2011, he has represented Catalonia alongside Gerard Piquet. Um, so. Huh. Well, there we go. Uh, Um, Yeah, literally no idea. Do you want to take a stab? I can give Mm -hmm. you a hint.
1: Give me a hint, because I can't.
2: I have been to this city. Oh my god, it's in Belgium. And it is... Oh my god, no, you went to... No, you've talked about this to me. Oh! It's a sad city.
1: Upen... Upen, right? Yeah, I I don't know how to pronounce it. It's the one with all it's the
0: vowels. It's like
1: Aupan. They have a football yes. club. What?
0: Yes. They're mm-hmm. okay. Oh. Um who's that Nigerian player, Nigerian winger for um Everton? Um who was, you know, quite the hot prospect once upon a time.
1: For Everton? Uh
0: Like Henry, Henry Oniyokuru? Yeah. yeah, he he played for Upen. Aupon. Oh, really? He started his career there. Um, he was
1: a great player.
0: Where really? is he? That's a he's at Olympiakos, which is really
1: fucking sad.
0: Uh yeah, Jordi oh, yeah. Amat. Uh
1: okay, five Aupen. years.
0: 50, yeah, fifty appearances hmm. at Swansea. Interesting. He's okay. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, not the worst career. No. Um. Okay, I've got some statistical questions for you hit me. Uh how many clubs have scored fewer than 9 goals this season? So, one in one.
1: How many clubs
2: Okay, I'm going Burnley, Norwich, possibly Newcastle. I'm going So I'll go I'll go 3. Why not?
0: The answer is Four.
2: Oh damn it! I was about to say four. You
0: said two of them.
1: Okay, so it's got to be uh, Norwich, right?
0: Yeah. Norwich and Burnley. So yep. then,
1: who am I? So Brighton. Two more. Oh. Nope. No. Okay. So is it? It's not Newcastle. No. So no. we're gonna go for Palace. Nope. Southampton.
0: Yes. And
1: and everyone Leeds. hates them.
0: Leeds. Leeds. Yep. Yeah, Leeds. Wow, um, yeah, Leeds have been dreadful. Yeah. Um, who is the only side that has conceded more shots than Norwich? Oh, that's a good
1: one. Damn. Uh, what's a like club that just gives up insane amount
2: of shots? Uh, ooh, oh. You know what? Leicester.
0: It is Leicester.
1: Yes. Yeah. I think I remember just like either reading something or listening to something where they were like, "Guys, Leicester uh, give up an insane amount of shots." I wonder why that is.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Um. Also, quick sidebar: I saw um a statistic of like the uh expected goals conceded by goalkeepers um against the average since 2017, and Casper Schmeichel is. Like the eighth worst goalkeeper wow. to make appearance in the Premier League. That's uh, which is very strange. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, one statistic, especially a very specific statistic, does not paint the whole story. Um, mm-hmm. who are the top three most fouled teams in the Premier League?
1: Top three most foul teams. Um, Man United.
2: No. Damn it,
1: okay. I'll give myself five, five guesses, and I'll cut myself up at fives. Okay, you ready? So I'm gonna go. Yep. Man City. No. Damn it, Wolves. No. Damn it, uh, Arsenal. No. Are you serious? Chelsea.
0: No. Okay, I have I to get at least one guess. Okay. What's your answer? Give me guess? a hint. Give me a hint. Uh, one of these teams, it's all one player who's potentially the most foul-drawing player. Crystal Palace, the best. F- no, the Damn it. even better called Zaha. He's always drawing fouls. Realish. No, I have know? to give it to you. I'm sorry, you've had yeah, seven go. guesses. Go. Oh, Jesus Spurs. Oh, because of Harry Kane. Oh yeah. Um, the top two in terms of most fouled are. Aston Villa at number hmm. one and wow. Narch City. Amazing. Uh, yeah, pretty amazing. Very interesting top three. Hmm. Um, and then my final question for you is how many teams have not had a player score with their left foot yet this season?
2: Eight. Eight? No.
0: Did I? No. Way off. Like, eight eight was out of... Because it was so far off. Okay. The answer is two. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. Three. Three. Uh, You want to take a stab? You get three guesses at three teams who haven't scored with their left foot?
2: Yep. I'm going to go. Brentford? No. Newcastle? Yes. Oh, my God. And... I'm going... For... Oh, burn me.
0: No. Damn it. It one is, of is Newcastle, bad. Norwich, and Brighton.
1: Okay. 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 Um,
0: yeah. Uh, that has been... That's been a monster. Nine.
1: Monster episode nine. This was a long one.
0: Yeah. very. See. Uh, Lots of uh, very important talking points on Pretty this sure. one. Um, sure. If you liked this podcast... Leave a review. Yes, if you hated this podcast, uh message us on Twitter or yeah, by email. Me. Yeah. Um, anything. Um message Oscar personally, personally at please o- please H S C U H. or me personally at uh B M U N S H. Uh and take care of yourself. Uh yes. hopefully uh you have a great week and we'll hear from you very shortly.
2: Indeed. All right, au revoir. I'm standing.